You are listening to Seek the Good, episode 30, Perfection Pending. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Jaquel Toll. Hello, podcast friends. Thanks for being here. Today, we're going to talk about perfection pending. (laughs) I thought about stopping that and re-recording and saying perfection pending correctly, (laughs) but I think it's very fitting because today that's what we're talking about is that perfection is not for this life. It is for the next. And a lot of problems and feeling of inadequacy and things happen in this life because we think perfection is what we're supposed to achieve here. And I think logically we all know like that's not really possible, but we also believe that we should be perfect in this life at the same time, which doesn't make sense, but we totally get there. And this all came up for me because on Sunday, uh, girl in our ward, Latissa taught Release Society, and it was an amazing lesson. And the whole time, I just wanted to raise my hand and like talk about all this stuff. And instead, I just jotted down a bunch of notes and decided I'm going to do a podcast on all the comments that kept coming to my head that I wanted to share so I didn't like overtake Release Society because <laughs> I just feel so passionate about this and feel like so many women in the church feel so much shame and and talk really negatively to themselves and I know this because I was one of them and I've come a long way from that and I want to help others do the same. In Latissa's lesson she was talking about how sometimes we may feel so depressed or down that we don't even want to pray and to turn to God and a lot of times when that happens it's because we're feeling a lot of shame. We feel like I am wrong, and so God doesn't want to hear from me. And this is always a lie. Always a lie. That's never true. It's Satan trying to stop us from turning to the source that can help us feel peace, that can help us feel better. And we we are not supposed to be perfect. (laughs) We are not supposed to be perfect. And I feel like... I just question kind of like, where did this come from? Why did this idea come that we need to be perfect? And I see that there are certain things that we may view as perfect in this life. And so maybe, but I just want to offer that that's just a thought. Like if we see something or we see somebody and we see them act a certain way, like we may think it's perfect, but how do we really know? Only God can judge, right, if something is that way or not. But he does not require us to be perfect in this life. And President Nelson gave an awesome talk in October 1995 called Perfection Pending, which I named this podcast after. And he talks about how we get kind of confused with this word perfection because he says if I were to ask which of the Lord's commandments is most difficult to keep many of us might cite Matthew 5 48 be therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect and President Nelson keeps going saying 
Keeping this commandment can be a concern because each of us is far from perfect, both spiritually and temporally. Reminders come repeatedly. We may lock keys inside the car or even forget where the car is parked. And not infrequently, we walk intently from one part of the house to another only to forget the reason for the errand. I thought it was funny that he kind of mentioned these as imperfections. <laughs> like that's what he chose to talk about because these things are just part of being human, right? Like we're going to forget keys. We're going to forget where cars are parked. We're going to forget why we even walked across the house. Like I, I kind of love that he gives these examples because sometimes we use these simple examples to like beat ourselves up because like I should be better. I should be more perfect. I should be able to remember these things when really we're not supposed to because we're all human and we came to this earth to forget, to make mistakes, to show up imperfectly and forget keys. Like that's not a big deal at all, right? <laughs> and even the bigger things, like even the bigger mistakes, like maybe being mean to somebody or or not showing up the way we want to or forgetting about somebody that's in need. Like all these things are even so much more than what President Nelson was talking about, but even those things, like we're we're not meant to be perfect in any of it. And he says he goes on to say that when comparing one's personal performance with the supreme standard of the Lord's expectation, the reality of imperfection can at times be depressing. He says, My heart goes out to conscientious saints who, because of their shortcomings, allow feelings of depression to rob them of happiness in this life. He says, We all need to remember, men are that they might have joy not guilt trips. <laughs> we also need to remember that the Lord gives no commandments that are impossible to obey, but sometimes we just fail to comprehend them fully. So yes, he's given us this commandment to be perfected in, in him, but a lot of times we just don't understand what that means. We think that means perfection right now, and that's not what it means. It means to be complete, which is only going to happen after this life and mostly because of him. He's going to create us as we're going to do our best here on this life. And then we're going to present ourselves to him. And he's going to make up the difference. He's going to make up all the difference, right? And so I love how he says here that we're here to have joy, not guilt trips. Because guilt is an important feeling, I think. Because guilt helps us see our values, see what things we value and what maybe where we're falling short, but guilt should never become a trip. <laughs> Shouldn't become a guilt trip. Guilt can just come and we can learn from it real quick and then we can say, okay, thank you and not feel guilty anymore. Like we learned what we needed to, we recognize what it was trying to teach us and then it can leave. But a lot of times guilt, we start having guilt trips, which lead us into shame, thinking that we are, there's something wrong with us or we are wrong which isn't true. And I love how President Nelson also talks about how our heart, how his heart goes out to saints that because of their shortcomings, allow feelings of depression to rob them. I loved how he worded that because it's not necessary. Our shortcomings do not need to lead to us feeling bad about ourselves. 
They don't. That's so powerful to understand. So he goes on to say that in the scriptures, we hear about people that have, like, that they were perfect kind of thing. Like, uh, the scriptures describe Noah, Seth, and Job all as perfect men. But I love how in this talk, President Nelson says that this does not mean that these people never made mistakes or never had need of correction. So see how that meaning of perfection, we are misunderstanding what that word perfection means or perfect means. Because when we're talking about people in this life that may be perfect, that's not referring to them never making mistakes or never needing correction, right? So even Christ himself wasn't wasn't perfect until his resurrection. Christ, who made zero effort, like that word perfect, he didn't use for himself until after his resurrection. Even though he lived a life completely sinless and completely perfect <laughs> in our word perfect, right? It, he really did, but he didn't use that word perfect until after his resurrection. Because if you look at the Greek translation of the word perfect, it translates into teleos, I believe is how you say it, which means complete. And Elder or President Nelson talked about how this word um, in Greek means to, to reach a distant end, to be fully developed, to consummate, and to finish. So this is something in the future. It's nothing about the present. And I love how he says, please note that the word does not imply freedom from error. It implies achieving a distant objective. So this is something in the future. This is not right now, <laughs> right? So, and like I said, the Lord didn't even say that he was perfected until after his resurrection. And the President Nelson says the perfection that the Savior envisions for us is more than errorless performance. It's that errorless performance is not even what's required of us at all. At all. So I wanted to share one more thing about from President Nelson's talk. It's just at the very end. He says, perfection is pending. It can come in full only after the resurrection and only through the Lord. It awaits all who love him and keep his commandments. And again, not doing those things perfectly because we can't. We're human. It includes thrones, kingdoms, principalities, powers, and dominions. It is the end for which we are to endure. It is the eternal perfection that God has in store for each of us. He has that ready and in store for us, but it's it's not based on errorless performance. So I think that you know we can we can learn how to play the piano a song perfectly, right? Or we can learn how to do like we can keep 
the law of tithing perfectly. And I think that's why my son loves math so much is because <laughs> math is easy to do perfect, right? Because there's there's rules and there's one easy way to do math. But then he struggles when it comes to creative writing and those things because because there's a lot more room for for error and everyone's perspective is different on that so he he doesn't know how to write the perfect sentence that somebody will say that's perfect <laughs> so he struggles with that we all do right but that's the thing is that that's not required of us anyway so we can keep we can keep the law of tithing we can maybe obey the word of wisdom in ways like we can we can find little ways to be kind of be perfect in and I think that's where but the thing is like we may do little things but overall like our, our life fully it's not possible to be perfect in all things we're human and and there would be no point for us being here if we <laughs> we're perfect at every little thing, right? Like we're supposed to learn and we're supposed to fail. We are here to fail. And I love how um, Latissa said on Sunday, she said, we choose to be in God's power or Satan's. I feel like that's so true. When we choose to turn to shame and dwell in shame, we are in Satan's power. He's, he's leading that. He's leading those thoughts in our mind, right? But when we choose to be in God's power, we're choosing to apply the atonement, which to me, the atonement helps us to feel peace in our imperfection. Like we can totally feel peace in this life. And that is supposed to be in our imperfection. So a lot of times we think, well, I need to be humble. Right. And so a lot of people get into talking about about themselves or those kind of things because I think it's it's helping them not be prideful. But beating ourselves up is not the same thing as being humble. Those are those are different things. <laughs> being humble has nothing to do with beating yourself up. If you're beating yourself up, I don't think you are being humble. The church's website describes humble in this way, it says to be humble is to recognize gratefully our dependence on the Lord. So for being humble, we're feeling very happy. <laughs> if we truly are being humble, we are feeling grateful for our dependence on the Lord. It says to understand that we have constant need for his support. Humility is an acknowledgement that our talents and abilities are gifts from God. It is not a sign of weakness, timidity, or fear. It is an indi sorry, indication that we know where our true strength lies. So for truly being humble, we are acknowledging God's great power and his glory in us. <laughs> that is humility. And so when we say that like we're awesome, that can be humble. Because we're recognizing we're awesome because of God. Like that is humble. Not beating ourselves up. So sometimes going back to like the prayer, thinking about prayer. Sometimes we go to prayer and we're afraid to pray because we're afraid 
Heavenly Father's just going to tell us all the things we're doing wrong. Like he's disapp like we beat ourselves so up, so much up and say we're we're doing all these things wrong or we're failing in all these ways. And then we think we're going to pray and God's going to like tell us all those same things because they seem so real and big to us, right? And of course God would see them and tell us to us, right? But honestly, like how does God speak to you? Like I want you to think about that. Really, when God speaks to you, how does he speak to you? He has never spoken to me in anything but a loving way. I'd be I would love to have that conversation with you because I'd be so curious if you've ever gotten to a point where God has said something to you that you felt was like he was angry with you or anything like that because I just I don't know if that's the Lord like I don't know if that is and I'm not saying that he doesn't like chastise us sometimes because I think he does I think he will point out weaknesses and chastise us sometimes but I think even in those moments you can feel the love. Like, you can feel his love for us. And I really don't think that, like, in times where you have teared yourself down so much during the day and talked so meanly to yourself, I do not think he would ever, in those moments, tear you down. I don't think he would. I think he'd say, she needs to be lifted up. And that's all he's going to try to do. If you're tearing yourself down, all he's going to try to do is lift you up. So then you can ask the question like, well, when does he point out our weaknesses? I think he does when, when maybe we ask, like maybe we're having a hard time seeing our weaknesses. And, and so we're being kind of prideful in that way. And so we feel that, but I don't think for somebody that's beating themselves up, that's not, you're seeing your own weaknesses. <laughs> like he's not going to point them out like you're already seeing them. And it's not what he wants to do probably in that moment. I shouldn't, I don't, of course I don't know what the Lord would say or do for sure, but I just can't imagine him doing that. Like, I just can't imagine him pointing out your weaknesses when you're feeling so low. I feel like when you're feeling low, all he's going to try to do is lift you up. So I, I know that we have weaknesses and errors on purpose. Like, that's part of the plan. And we seek because we are more likely to seek Christ in our suffering and in our errors. Because... We're humble and we recognize that we need him, right, in those moments. And so that's an important way, reason that we have weaknesses and errors so that we turn to him and we recognize our need for him. And sometimes when we have different weaknesses, we may ask why. This is something that was brought up in our release study lesson and I loved that we brought it up that sometimes we ask why, like, why do I have this weakness? And we, we can ask this question in two different ways. Like, why can be asked in two different ways. One can be comparing and kind of like a why me, which I've definitely been there. Like, why is this happening to me? Why in this way? And I wasn't really asking sincerely, like, 
wanting to learn, right? I was just <laughs> upset. Like sometimes we ask why because we're upset. We say why because we compare ourselves to others and feel like it's unfair that it's happening to us. But the other way that we can ask why is to learn. Like Heavenly Father, like if we go to Heavenly Father and say, Heavenly Father, why have I been given this weakness? What do you want me to learn? Like if we ask why in that way, in a sincere, like teach me way, I think it can be really powerful. When we ask why in comparison and why me and that kind of stuff, like we're not going to learn in those moments. We're just feeling sorry for ourselves, right? But if we can switch to, Heavenly Father, help me to see why. What do I need to learn? What would you have me learn from this situation? And maybe even we'll be able maybe to get to a place of gratitude for that weakness because of what he has in store for us and wants to teach us. So I just want to end with something that Latissa ended with, which was so powerful. She said, even if I yield to temptation, I don't have to look the other way. He is not ashamed of us and he never will be. I just want that to soak in for you. Like if that's something you struggle with and you think that Heavenly Father is ashamed of you because you're focusing on your imperfections and your flaws and your all those things, right? I hope that sinks in for you, that you can have a testimony of that, that that is true, that he is not ashamed of you. God will never be ashamed of you. He loves you no matter what you do, no matter what mistakes you make. No matter how much you fall short, he knows you're going to fall short. That's part of life. That's why we're here. So I I just hope that something from this stuck out to you, that maybe you'll be a little more kind to yourself and recognize that when you get to that spot of feeling low and feeling like you don't want to pray because God probably doesn't want to talk to you because and just recognize that that's Satan talking, not Heavenly Father. That, like, be really familiar with, okay, what does it actually feel like when Heavenly Father, when I feel Heavenly Father? It feels like love. It feels like acceptance in where we are, in our imperfection, in all the mistakes, all the yelling we've done today, <laughs> like all of those things. He accepts us there and he loves us there and he's ready to take our hand and help us to do a little better if we want to so thank you for listening today you guys are wonderful i hope you have an amazing week and we'll talk to you next week bye